This is the Art of Composing podcast, episode number one. What is music composition? Welcome to the Art of Composing podcast with me, John Brantingham, where you can learn to compose music. Everybody and welcome. This is the inaugural episode of the Art of Composing podcast. My name is John Brantingham, and I am the founder of artofcomposing.com. And uh, what I hope to be bringing you with this show is, is a podcast that's really devoted to the process of becoming a composer and learning to compose. So uh, before we get into the, to the main meat and potatoes of this episode, which uh, by the title I think you can tell is What is Music Composition?, I thought I'd cover a little bit about who I am, just in case you've never been to my website, which you may not have. My name is John Branningham, and I'm 29 years old as of recording this episode, and uh, I consider myself a composer as well as an entrepreneur and a construction worker, which is my current job right now. I used to be an Army helicopter pilot, um, and now I live in Southern California, just a little bit outside of Hollywood. Um, let's see. So I started composing when I was around 12 years old, and I, uh, I found that I really enjoyed it, and I ended up sticking with it through high school. Um, and, you know, as I went on, I, I got some help from, from my music teacher and decided that's what I wanted to do in college. So when I went to college, I actually went as a music theory major, and, uh, but at the same time, I was also going through the ROTC program. Well, uh, things didn't quite work out being in music and potentially going into the Army, so I decided to switch to history, which, looking back, was, you know, it was kind of a good thing. I learned to write really well, do papers, and I learned about the history of the world, but it didn't do a whole lot for me in terms of my composition. Well, after college, I went into the Army, and I spent seven years in the Army as a helicopter pilot. But, uh, but really in my last year, so around 2010, I started getting back into composing. And in particular, I, I wrote one piece and kind of remembered how much I enjoyed the process of composing. And uh, I decided to start artofcomposing.com to kind of cover my journey becoming a composer again. And um, that's kind of what has led me to this point. I moved back to California, which is where I was born. Um, I moved back there in the summer of 2012, so this was, uh, you know, about a year and a half ago, and I've been working in construction in a family business, but the whole time I've really been running Art of Composing and working on my composition, and now it's brought me to the point that I'm actually going to be quitting my job, and I'm going to be going, you know, pretty much full-time trying to become a composer this uh, coming March in 20 or 2014, I'm going to be going to the UCLA Extension course for uh, film scoring and uh, hopefully making a career of becoming a film composer. So uh, that's a little bit about me. And uh, let's just talk about a minute for uh, or for a minute what this podcast is all about. The Art of Composing podcast, I hope to make it the premier composing podcast on the Internet. And I know there's not a lot. There's a few of them. Uh, and actually, I've enjoyed listening to them, and in particular, I really like Composer Quest, which you can find on iTunes. Uh, but there's some uh, podcasts that have been done in the past and uh, podcasts where they've interviewed composers. But I've, I've kind of found that there's nothing out there that really talks about the nuts and bolts of what it takes to compose music. So what goes into it, the music theory, 
the the process of creativity, all that stuff. So um, I just thought I'd start a podcast where I talk about that because I love to talk about composing and I love composing and uh, I love all that stuff. So in future episodes, I, I plan on covering all sorts of topics, including the process of composing, the path of becoming a composer, uh, music theories, I guess theories is a good word, music theory, um, interviews with other composition teachers and music theorists, uh, particularly because I feel like uh, there's a lot that music theorists can give a composer, um, and but sometimes it's not really written from the perspective of, comp of a composer. It's really written for analysis a lot of times. So, so my goal is to, to speak to music theorists and try to bridge that gap. Uh, and then, you know, occasionally I'll recommend some music to listen to. So enough with the uh, the introduction stuff. Let's go ahead and, and uh, talk about what this first episode is about. And, um, well, let's get to it. So what is music composition all about? Okay, so I was having a, a discussion with a good friend of mine just a few days ago. And, and he's a really good guy, but he's had no musical training or background at all in his life. And, uh, you know, we were just talking about just random stuff and inevitably I bring up music composition because um, I probably bring it up too much in general with everybody and I'm sure they find it annoying which will be good because now I can talk about it on the podcast and I don't have to annoy all my friends who don't really care but nonetheless I was shocked to find out that he really had absolutely no idea what is involved with music composition and uh, you know I figured that there's a lot of people who want to get into composing that maybe are a little intimidated by it, or um, you know, maybe uh, maybe they can play an instrument, or maybe they can't. They just they like music and they wanna they wanna write their own music, but they don't even know where to begin. Um, I think most people probably don't give you know a second thought to where music comes from. Uh, they just kind of listen to it and just accept that it's there. And there's people who can kind of pull things magically out of their brain and and create music, but. Um, but I'm here to unravel that mystery. So let's start off with a definition. This definition is actually the definition of compose, not necessarily compose music, um, but I really like the definition. It's from dictionary.com. And, and composition is to make or form by combining things, parts, or elements. So I like this definition because it's not about creating something out of nothing. Or, you know, if you're a philosopher, you may say creatio ex nihilo, which uh, you'll have to excuse my Latin pronunciation. But um, no, it's, it's about combining things and parts and elements to actually compose something. See, composition is not the act of creation out of nothing, because when somebody composes... They're creating out of a store of knowledge and experience they have gathered their entire lives. Now, you see, everyone has heard music. It's pretty much inevitable nowadays. It's everywhere. You know, you're, the Internet, uh, iPods, radio, TV, you cannot avoid music in uh, at all, pretty much. From the day you're born, probably till the day you die, uh, it's going to be around. So, uh, you know, everybody is exposed to this, and I kind of look at this phase, if you want to become a composer, this is kind of a preparatory phase in your life. And, and this preparatory phase may be, you know, you may be 50 or 60 years old, and you've had 60 years of listening and, and hearing music. Um, or, you know, you may be three years old, and you've only listened to three years' worth of music in your entire life. Um, 
But what this does is, is this stage in your life is, is what kind of imprints what music is in your brain. You know, it's, it's one of the reasons why things that sound good to me living in Southern California, kind of, you know, surrounded by the Western classical tradition of music, uh, it'll Western classical music will sound a lot more familiar and uh, probably sometimes a lot better than something coming out of India, where they have really grown up around a different kind of music. Although a lot of those barriers are starting to go away with the internet and with the way things are being shared and, and merged nowadays. But nonetheless, it's it's what you grow up with, which is what kind of, uh, I don't know, it it informs what you think about music. Now, if this is all you have, this is the only training that you have is listening to music, and you and you just start to write music, you're probably going to find that it's it's pretty hard. It's not the easiest thing to do in the world. You know, and the reason is because you're not leaning on a lot of groundwork that really makes music composition a lot more pleasant and enjoyable and uh, you know, it, it allows you to make progress a lot a lot more quickly. So what what is this knowledge that I'm talking about? Well, let's put it in a, a little perspective. Um, there's something that's near and dear to my heart, especially now that I've become a father, and it's the way that I like to approach learning really any subject, but in particular learning composition and teaching composition. It's called the trivium. Now, the trivium is an ancient system of learning that originated with the Greeks. It divides the process of learning into three distinct steps and forms the first three arts of the seven liberal arts. These steps are grammar, logic, and rhetoric. These three must be followed sequentially and mastered before moving on to the next step. So let's talk about them. Grammar is the nuts and bolts of language. It encompasses the reading and writing and is really about the mechanics of putting together a language. So grammar is what prevents you from creating incomplete sentences. Now, if we were to translate grammar into composition, the grammar of music composition is really, you know, reading music, uh, understanding notation, learning the basics of music theory like scales and notes and chords and musical terms and, you know, simple harmonies. These are the basics. And I, I even want to go out on a limb and say that the grammar of music is, is learning to play a, an instrument. Now, I, I play a couple different instruments. Um, but in particular, I like that I can play at least one single-line instrument, and my main instrument is trumpet, but you can really pick any single-line instrument. And uh, the, one of the benefits of learning a single-line instrument is you really get to understand how melodies work in a, in a more intuitive way and what's comfortable in terms of melody and what's not comfortable. And then I also recommend playing uh, you know, an instrument that can play a bunch of different notes at once. And you know, in particular, the piano is a really good one, but even guitar, um, any of these kind of instruments, if you learn both, you kind of get the singular you know, melodic aspect, and then you start to understand the harmonic aspect of things as well. But I don't want to digress too much. So, uh, so you have to learn your grammar first, or else the, you know, the following steps of learning to compose just they, they won't really make that much sense. Um, once you've learned your grammar, though, then you can move on to the next step, which is logic. Now, traditionally with logic, students would learn to put together a, a sound argument and how to spot fallacies. 
meaning that uh, you know you don't want to be saying something that just doesn't actually make sense. You don't want it to be illogical. Um, going this takes you beyond the basics of how to read and write and just create a sentence, and you start to learn things like propositions, axioms, and syllogisms. Well, this isn't really about the uh, you know the spoken language side of things. It's about music. So uh, so bringing it back to music composition. If grammar is all about the fundamental building blocks, um, then logic is about how to put those building blocks together to create things that actually make sense musically. So I'm talking about things like sentences and periods, phrases, themes, transitions within your themes. These are the kind of things that allow you to put together your music so that it doesn't just sound like a bunch of random notes. It actually sounds like something that... Everybody grew up hearing. So, uh, you know, for instance, a syllogism in, in regular logic would be something like all mammals have fur, cats are mammals, therefore cats have fur. This is a sound argument. It's, you know, it, it just makes sense. It's, it's not something that's too difficult to understand, but it's something that you've got to understand the process in order to create yourself. Well, for, you know, if you wanted to create a a musical logical statement, it would be something like, you know, a two-bar basic idea followed by a two-bar contrasting idea makes an antecedent phrase. Now, if you're not familiar with these terms, you don't have to worry about that too much. I'm not trying to overwhelm you. Uh, I do cover all that kind of stuff on my website, artofcomposing.com. But the key is to understand that there is a logic behind music. It's not random, and it doesn't just come out of thin air, there's this logic that has been built up over time that it's it's like conventions that people follow. So finally, once you understand the logic, then you can move on to rhetoric. Now, nowadays, rhetoric, it gets a bad name, and I think it's mostly because politicians like to th throw around the term rhetoric when they, you know, they feel like somebody's being too harsh, like, oh, he's using really harsh rhetoric right now which is not really, I mean, that's not the real meaning of rhetoric. The definition of rhetoric is the art of effective or persuasive speaking or writing, especially the use of figures of speech and other compositional techniques. So, really, this is a pretty clear definition, but in particular, I like the part about the use of figures of speech and other compos compositional techniques. So if we look at this once again in respects with music, uh, rhetoric of music is the ability to truly connect on a deeper level with people by tapping into the music that is ingrained into all of us from the day we're born. Everybody growing up in a country dominated with traditional Western classical music knows what a cadence is and knows a period and knows small ternary form, even if they don't know that they know it. And you know what those things are, even if you don't know that you know them already. And it's because you know, you know what they sound like and not that you would necessarily be able to identify it by name right now, but you know what it sounds like, and you know like a cadence would always end a, a piece of music um, just because you've heard it over and over again. This is the equivalent of those musical figures of speech, like they say in the uh, the definition. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of these things, and uh, it really helps to study them and to understand them for your own composing. The key is to internalize them 
to the point that you don't actually have to think about it anymore. And this is kind of the way they used to do traditional rhetorical training. Once you go through grammar, once you go through logic, you would really start to, uh, to practice writing your own speeches. And a, a big part of it is you would start to transcribe the speeches from famous orators. You know, you would write it out, you'd memorize it, you'd practice saying it yourself. And another good exercise would you would take a sentence and you would try to write it out a hundred different ways. You know, you're trying to explain something with a particular audience in mind. And uh, the same goes with music. You know, you're trying to write music not just for a vacuum, but you're trying to write it for people. And hopefully you want people to actually listen to your music, even if those people is just you, you know. This is, this is the reason that true masters of composition like Mozart and Beethoven and Bach and Haydn and even you know modern-day film composers like John Williams can be so prolific and still be profound and have beautiful music to listen to. Their brains have learned the grammar and the logic and the rhetoric of music so well that they don't even need to think about those parts. They just kind of focus on what it is they want to say with the music, and then they just say it, and it... it tends to just happen. So let's just kind of go over the takeaways from this episode. I like to say that the definition of musical composition is the process of making or forming a piece of music by combining the parts or elements of music. These parts or elements of music really fall into three categories, also known as the trivium. Grammar is the basic elements that make up all of music, including notation, notes, scales, and chords. This must be learned so that you can understand the logic of music. Logic is the way this grammar is put together to form small sections of music, like periods and sentences. These are the equivalent of syllogisms or logical statements in, in a regular language. Mastering logic will give you the ability to understand and use rhetoric. And rhetoric is the art of effective or persuasive composition using musical figures of speech and other compositional techniques. Rhetoric allows you to connect with people on a deeper level and then join the great conversation of music that has been going on since the dawn of man. Okay, that pretty much does it for episode number one. If you like this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Stop by on iTunes and leave a review. If you didn't like it, well, you can just email me and I think uh, we can work things out. If you'd like to learn more about composing, head over to artofcomposing.com. There you'll be able to find articles about all different aspects of composing. Um, and I even have a free beginner's composing course, uh, which you can find the videos on YouTube. But if you'd like to, uh, to have more, like the worksheets and stuff, head over to artofcomposing.com and sign up for the mailing list. You'll receive an email that has a link to where the uh, composing hub is, or the beginner's composing course hub is. And there you can also download all the worksheets and everything that goes along with the course. So, for now, I'm John Branningham, and this is the end of episode number one.